But look at Joshua chapter 24, verse number 1. The Bible says, And Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem, and called for the elders of Israel, and for their heads, and for their judges, and for their officers, and they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said unto all the people, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time, even in Terah, the father of Abraham, and the father of Nacor, and they served other gods. And I took your father Abraham from the other side of the flood, and led him throughout all the land of Canaan, and multiplied his seed, and gave him Isaac. And I gave unto Isaac Jacob and Esau, and I gave unto Esau Mount Seir to possess it. But Jacob and his children went down into Egypt. Interesting study in your Bible, nobody ever goes up into Egypt. They always go down into Egypt. There's a good reason for that. Look at verse number five. And sent Moses also and Aaron, and I plagued Egypt according to that which I did among them. And afterward I brought you out. And I brought your fathers out of Egypt, and you came into the sea, and the Egyptians pursued after your fathers with chariots and horsemen unto the Red Sea. And when they cried unto the Lord, he put darkness between you and the Egyptians and brought the sea upon them and covered them in your eye, for, excuse me, in your eyes have seen what I have done in Egypt and you dwelt in the wilderness a long season. And I brought you into the land of the Amorites which dwelt on the other side of Jordan and they fought with you and I gave them into your hand that you might possess their land and I destroyed them before you. Then Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, arose and warred against Israel and sent and called Balaam, the son of Beor, to curse you. But I would not hearken unto Balaam. Therefore he blessed you still, so I delivered you out of his hand. And you went over Jordan and came unto Jericho, and the men of Jericho fought against you, the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites, the Hittites and the Girgashites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, and I delivered them into your hand. I sent the hornet before you, which drave them out before you, even to the two kings of the Amorites, but not with thy sword, nor with thy bow. I have given you a land for which you did not labor, and the cities which you build not. And you dwell in them of vineyards and olive yards, which you planted uh, not do you eat. Now therefore fear the Lord, and serve him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood, and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your, which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And the people answered and said, God forbid that we shall forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord our God, he it is that brought us up and our fathers out of the land from the house of bondage in which did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way wherein we went and among all the people through whom we passed. And the Lord drave out from before us all the people, even the Amorites which dwelt in the land. Therefore, we will, serve, we will also serve the Lord for he is our God. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this morning. Thank you, Lord, for the wonderful song service. Lord, thank you for passing by. 
Thank you, Lord, for the day that you saved us and changed our lives. Lord, thank you, Lord, that you have always been faithful. Thank you, Lord, every burden we have, every issue we have, God, we can bring it before you. God, knowing that you, Lord, hear the cries of your children, you hear our prayers, you hear our petitions. God, you know our needs are far off before we even recognize that we need them. And Lord, I just want to say, Lord, I absolutely love being your child. I absolutely love being saved by the grace of God. Lord, isn't this a good thing that happened into my life? Lord, it is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. And Lord, I've yet to get over how wonderful your, your grace and mercy is in my life. I ask you this morning as we get into the preaching now, would you hide me behind the cross of Calvary? Lord, you get me out of myself and fill me with the Spirit of God. Thank you for a wonderful crowd here this morning. Thank you for a, a church full this morning. We ask you, Lord, you just bless your working hearts. And I know, Lord, that we are going to have a time after the service of fellowship. Lord, we're going to, we're going to talk and we're going to converse. We're going to laugh and have a wonderful time. But, Lord, I also know, Lord, there may be broken hearts in here this morning. There may be those that are going through challenges and difficulties. Oh, Lord, I ask you this morning you to work in those hearts. And I pray, Lord, for those this morning that don't know you as their personal Lord and Savior. I pray, Lord, you to work in their heart. Draw them unto yourself and save them by your grace. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We'll give you all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You can have a seat this morning. Thank you so much for standing and thank you again for being here this morning. And I will let you know I'm going to preach quick this morning because I'm hungry, amen. And uh, I don't want to stand between you and the food. And it's unpopular and a dangerous place to be, amen. But notice here this morning, we've been talking about this as we get closer to Thanksgiving. We're talking about it every Sunday morning. Some things that we are thankful for that every Christian should be thankful for. These ought to be things that they just flow out of us. We don't have to muster it up. We don't have to prepare ourselves in a sense that this is who we are. This is what we do. This is my life. I am not a, a Christian and something else. I am a Christian first in every aspect of my life. That which I am in Christ ought to drive that and motivate this morning. But we talked about the first, we talked about being thankful for our salvation. How many are glad you're saved this morning? Amen. Come on now. How many of y'all are glad you're saved this morning, amen? amen? All right, I will hold the ham and turkey hostage this morning, amen? We might as well get with it, but I'm so glad that I'm saved by the grace of God because I remember the day when I got saved, amen? I remember where my life was, and I remember the struggles, and I remember the pain and the heartache and the lack of hope and the lack of uncertainty, but all that changed when Jesus saved me, amen? And I'm thankful for the work that God has done for me. And then last week we, looked, we said we're thankful for our sanctification, that long word of God molding us and making us into his image. And I'm glad this morning he doesn't throw the clay away. I'm glad this morning he's a God of second and third and 15th and 27th and 37 chances, amen. I'm glad that he's willing to work in our lives and willing to make us and mold us to become like him. Can I say this morning, what a wonderful that thing that is this morning because in reality, that's something that you and I should never be allowed to participate in, but by grace we can this morning. So I'm thankful for the work that he did for me, and I'm thankful for the work that he's doing in me this morning, and this morning we're going to look at this thought, we ought to be thankful to serve. We ought to be thankful to serve the Lord. That is the work that you and I get to do for God. In Psalm 102, we are told to serve the Lord with gladness. What a verse that is because oftentimes we, we are in the midst of serving God, but we don't always do it with a glad heart. 
And our, our testimonies and the words that we use don't always express the, the gladness that ought to be there. Oftentimes, we, we only talk about the negative side of serving the Lord, how it's unpopular and how it's often misunderstood and it's difficult and it's hard and it's sometimes it can be lonely and discouraging. I got to think about that this morning. I, I, here's the thing this morning. If Satan knows that he can't stop you from serving the Lord, he's going to try his best to take your gladness away. He's going to try his best to make it just routine and just habit and just obligation. Preacher, I'm just serving the Lord because that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm reading my Bible because I don't want you to get mad at me, preacher. I'm at church because I don't want you calling me and wondering where I, preacher, I'm here out of habit and routine. It sounds like somebody's got your gladness. And we see here this morning that God's desire isn't just for you and I to serve him as one who is grumpy and angry and mad about the fact that we have to do that, but rather serve him with a heart of gladness and gratitude. Matter of fact, the goal is to find ourselves in verse number 14 of Joshua chapter number 24 where it says, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth this morning. In essence, we ought to get to the place in our life as we are serving God. Yes, we do it with a glad heart, but we do it with a sincere heart as well. In essence, there's nothing else I'd rather be doing with my life than serving God. And we ought, to, we, ought to, we ought to desire that this morning. We ought to have a heart that serves God with gladness. And I'm going to give you three simple truths this morning that will help every Christian to serve God with a heart of gladness and in sincerity and to help us to be thankful while we are serving God. Notice number one this morning, let God be the source of your service. Let God be the source of of your service. We're going to look at verses 1 through 13 this morning. And oftentimes when we talk about serving God, right? How are you serving God? Or in what ways are you serving God? And oftentimes when we give that question, it, it, it leads to a what and where conversation. Here is what I'm doing, and here is where I'm doing it. Here, I, here's what I'm doing. I'm singing, preacher. I'm teaching. I'm, I, I'm preaching. I'm, I'm cleaning. I'm serving, preacher. Here is what I'm doing and here's where I'm doing it. I'm doing it at the church. I'm doing it at my house. I'm doing it at work. And when we talk about it, our source oftentimes becomes what we deem to be our success or what we are, what are supposed success. Preacher, I'm serving God because I want a good family. I'm serving God because I want a large ministry or, or I want to be impact, I want to have an impactful career. I want to be a difference maker. I want to be a mover and a shaker, preacher. I'm putting this effort in in this time and now because one day I'm going to make a difference. And one day, I'm going to be, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to think, I'm going to help change things that are around me. I'm going to make a difference than, than, I, than I'm, I'm expecting to make it. Let me ask you a question. What if it doesn't pan out? What if it doesn't play out the way that you have been, been dreaming and thinking about? What if you say, well, you know what? I'm serving God because one day I'm going to move up from where I am. I'm going to be promoted and I'm going to be recognized and then it doesn't happen. If that is the source of your, your service this morning is your apparent or desired success, you're going to come crumbling down when it doesn't pan out. You're going to come falling down when what you thought was success is actually now discouraging you. 
Oh, I, preacher, I've been saved and I've been reading my Bible and I've been sharing the gospel and I've been praying, preacher, and it seems like everything's getting worse. It seems like everything is falling apart. Can I say this morning from the pulpit down, my source for my service does not need to be what I deem to be success, but rather our source needs to be God. Notice the word that is repeated in the first 13 verses. Really go down to verse number, uh, let's see, verse number three, really verses. So it's 10 verses, 11 verses from three to 13. You're going to find a word repeated there 17 times. It's a single letter word. It says in verse 3, and I took your father Abraham. Verse 4, and I gave unto Isaac. Verse number 5, I sent Moses and I plagued Egypt and I did among them and afterward I brought you out. Verse number 6, and I brought your fathers. Then you go down to verse number 7, I have done in Egypt. Verse number 8, I brought you into the land. Verse uh, number 8 as well, and I gave them and I destroyed them. Verse number 9, it, goes, it doesn't say it there. Verse number 10, and I would not hearken unto Balaam. I delivered you. Verse number 11, I delivered you them into your hand. Verse number 12, I sent the hornet before. Wouldn't that be a surprise? Wouldn't that be interesting to have seen? Verse number 13, and I gave you a land which you did not labor. What are you trying to get at, preacher? I'm trying to get at, you got to realize that's not Joshua speaking there. That is Joshua. Yes, Joshua was vocalizing it, but it was God speaking through Joshua. All of Israel has assembled in front of Joshua and really before God and God puts it in the heart to Joshua to stand up and speak, thus saith the Lord. And it's not what Joshua was thinking and sounded good, but rather is how God is using Joshua in that day and that hour to help the nation of Israel, help them to realize that their source for serving him is not necessarily, nor should it be their success. Because we could go back in history, we could go back in our Bibles and find out that really Israel came from nothing. They were not a, a great nation. They were not a big nation. They were not numerically larger than everybody else. What made the difference in Israel was the fact they knew their source, and that source was God. Verse number two, as we see where they started, we see that they're way back over there in the book of Genesis where God calls out Abraham, and then we see him in verse number 13, God said, I have given you a land which you did not labor, and cities which you built not, and you dwell in them, of vineyards and olive yards which you planted, not do you eat. God said, you got a whole lot of things you didn't do anything for. We see here this morning, we, if we let God be the source of our service, we're going to find out that source never runs out. That source never dries up. Preacher, how in the world did Israel get from verse number 2 to verse number 13? It was not their skill. It was not their tenacity. It was not even their determination. It was God. God said, if it wasn't you that got you here, it was I. Matter of fact, he says it over and over, I, 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 I. And can I say God's the only one that can say that and not do it with pride or arrogance and it be right. I found out in my life when I live for I and I make all the choices and I make all the decisions, I'm making all the wrong decisions. I'm making all the wrong choices. But when I avail myself to God and I say, God, you are my, not just my God, you're my king, you're my Lord, you're my savior, you're all together lovely to me. Lord, you guide me and direct me. Get me out of the way, Lord. It's your choice. In Exodus chapter number three, 
God is calling Moses to go back into Egypt and to lead the nation of Israel out of Egypt into the promised land. And eventually they'd find themselves in the book of Joshua. And we know there were some things that took place in the wilderness and whatnot. But we see here this morning, Moses goes in there in Exodus chapter number three and God is speaking to him from the burning bush and it's not consumed and Moses is listening and he's paying attention and God said, all right, Moses, it's time to go. And Moses said, hold on a second, Lord. Who am I supposed to tell sent me? Who am I supposed to, what what kind of credentials am I supposed to give? Because do you realize, Lord, if I walk into Egypt and said, listen, y'all, I heard God in a burning bush. Not everybody is going to take me serious. Not everybody is going to agree with me. Not everybody is going to be on the same. Lord, who should I tell them sent me? And what did he tell Moses? Tell them that I am has sent thee. I am. Don't let your source of your service merely be success, but let God be the source of your service. In essence, I serve God because of who he is and what he's done in my life. It's not whether or not we have to, we have to figure out where to put people on here. It's not whether or not we, we, my, my, my life and my family turn out exactly how I want them to turn out, but it is because I know who God is. Is. Let me ask you this morning, when it comes to you serving the Lord, who is your source? Is it him or is it you this morning? So number one, let God be the source of your service. Young people be paying attention this morning. I'm telling you, these are simple. I don't want you to go to the back of the line and starve to death after the service, amen? Notice number two, let God be the resource of your service. Preacher, that sounds just like point number one. Well, I added a, what is that called? A prefix to the word source. I was reading a book and a man wrote this outline. And I said, good gravy, that's good. <laughs> it said, let God be the resource of your service. Point number one, we looked at verses one through 13. Point number two, we're gonna look at verses one through 13. Preacher, you can't do that. You can't have two, the same scripture references for two different points. You gonna stop me? <laughs> Amen. I'm here this morning, you're here, and let me just share with you what the Lord showed me. Let me ask you, what do you need to serve God with? What, what kind of resources do you need? Well, preacher, it depends on what you're doing, and I'd agree with that. Well, preacher, I'm gonna serve the Lord, I'm gonna serve him through preaching and pastoring a church. Well, then I guess you just need a church, don't you? Need a church and a pulpit and a Bible. That's all you really need, so go get you one, and you can serve God. Well, preacher, I... Want to teach? Well, then get you a Sunday school class. Go out, go out and find one. If you're a preacher, I'm, I'm, I want to teach a Sunday school class at South Haven Baptist Church. Well, you're going to have to build a Sunday school room. Because we all out of rooms around here. It's a good problem to have. I just don't quite have the solution for it yet, amen? Preacher, I want to teach. Preacher, I want to sing. Well, then go get you a tour bus. Need a sound system? Brother Kurt will hook you up. He's got, he's got extras, amen? He carries them around in his pocket just in case. Well, preacher, I want to raise a godly family. Oh, that's, that's a wonderful thing. That's a wonderful service to go into, so just go get you a family. I mean, if all you need is the resources, just go get those resources and you can serve God. Now, how many here know this morning that's just not how it works? <laughs> it's not that simple per se. Just get the resources you need and then you can serve God. But if you're the one getting all the resources, if you're the one connecting all the dots and murking everything out, let me ask you, who is your resource? 
Is it you or is it God? How in the world did Israel get from verse 2 to verse number 13? Of course, we said it was God, right, that did it. But it was Israel relying on God for their needs and their resources. They were going in a way they'd never been before. They were experiencing things that they'd never been before. How many remember back in 2020, everybody said we're living in unprecedented days. We're living in days that we've never lived before. And I stopped back and got to think about it. I said every day of my life has been an unprecedented, unprecedented day. I've never lived the same day twice. God never said, you know what? We're going to roll back time. We're going to let you do that day over again. Every day is a brand new day, brand new problems, brand new issues. And here's what I found out. I'm only good at providing resources for here and now. I can't provide resources for five years down the road. I can't provide resources for five minutes down the road. But God can this morning. When we rely on God, he will find, we'll find out uh, what he can do for us. Not just who he is, but the resources that he has at his disposal. Can I say this morning, there isn't anything that's too hard for God. If you and I need it this morning, God is never going to step back and say, you know what, I can't provide that for you. I can't. That's beyond my ability to give you. That is a resource that I don't have. How many glad this morning there's not a resource that God cannot give to you and I, especially if we need it this morning. We see it in verses uh, 3 through, through uh, 13 this morning. And when we begin to rely on God, we'll find out what he can do. When he becomes our resource and we depend upon his resource, we'll find out he's got plenty. Verse number 3, he took them from one place to the next. He, he literally went to Abraham and said, Abraham, get up out of this land and, and, and follow me. Lord, where are we going? I'll let you know when we get there. Could you imagine being Abraham going back to Sarah? They're, they're in retirement years. Honey, we, we got to leave. What's wrong, Abraham? What's happened? What's wrong with the house? Is it burned down? Have you lost your sheep? Or, or where are we going? Well, I guess we're going wherever God leads. <laughs> and little Sarah, she just followed along. And Abraham found out when, when he allowed God to take him from one place to the next, he always found out God had enough. Verse number five and 12, we find out he sends some things. Look at verse number five. And I sent Moses also and Aaron. And I plagued Egypt according to that which I did among them. He found out that he can send some people. How many are you glad for those people that God has sent into your life at exactly the right time, at exactly the right place, and you've said things like this, I don't know how you knew what I was going through, but I'm sure that God sent you my way. Find out he's got people exactly where he wants them to be and where you need them to be. In verse number 12, he also sent some people. He said, or he sent some things. And he said, I sent the hornet before you. <laughs> Could you imagine being Israel, walking through the land of the Amorites? And they're, they're just stepping back. They're not, they're not messing with Israel. They're just watching them come through. They've got boils on their face. They've been stung pretty much to death by hornets. <laughs> Now, can I say that I, I, I try my best to be a man's man. I try my best to be manly in everything I do. I enjoy being a man. We've got some windows leaned up against our house, and I was cleaning up around our house, and I went to go move those windows so I could, I don't know why I went to go move, I guess to see if I could still move them or not. <laughs> and I, I pulled that thing, one of those windows back, and I seen the hornet's nest or the wasp's nest, or the yellow jacket. I don't know what it was, but it had things flying around it. And I slammed that thing down real quick, backed away as fast as I could, and I made it to my front steps, and they began to attack. 
I'm telling you what, it was terrible. They stung me twice. <laughs> and I came sprawling into the house. Oh, oh, oh. Becky said, are you shot? <laughs> are you okay? Are you, what's wrong with you? I said, I got stung by a yellow jacket or a hornet or something. It hurts. <laughs> and to this day, we still laugh at me. Because <laughs> how bad it was. Sometimes God will send hornets to take care of your enemies. Preacher, I'm going to straighten them out. Why don't you just let God do that, amen? Notice this, he took some things. He sent some things. He brought some things. Look at verse number six. I brought your fathers out of Egypt. <laughs> he said they couldn't get out by themselves. They didn't have the ability. They had become slaves in the land of Egypt. They cried by reason of their taskmaster, but had no solution for their taskmaster. But thankful, thanks be to God that God was able to bring, the, how many remember the day when you realized that you were a slave to sin and you couldn't kick the habit and you couldn't change your mind good enough and you couldn't fix it well enough. But thanks be to God to the day that he brought you out of that sin-cursed life. He brought them out. Verse number 11, he, he knows how to deliver. Look at verse number 10, and I, I hearken not unto Balaam. Oh, how many glad that men can't persuade God? <laughs> that God has made his mind up and nothing that you and I or anybody else could do doesn't change his mind. So Balaam tried to get me to curse you and God said, I wouldn't listen to him. So I delivered you out of his hand. He goes on to say again in verse number 11 how he, how he delivered them out of all of those people. He can deliver he gave, verse number four, he gave some things. And I gave unto Isaac, Jacob, and Esau. Oh, he gave them a promise. He gave them a, he gave them a blessing that was beyond their wildest dreams. He has the resources to give. He has the resources to deliver. He has the resources to bring. He has the resources to send. He has the resources to take. He has the resources to plague. Verse number five, he plagued Egypt. Then he has the resources to do. Look at verse number seven. And when they cried unto the Lord and put darkness between you and the Egyptians, I brought the sea upon them and covered them, and your eyes have seen what I have done in Egypt. When we allow God to be our resource, we'll find out that we have all the resources we need, and they're all in him this morning. So many times we get so consumed with what we don't have. I don't have the personality to be a pastor. I don't have uh, the ability to stand up in front of people. I don't have this, and I don't have that, and I don't have this, and I don't have that. We forget that we have all that we need in Christ this morning. We try to manufacture all of our own resources. We'll never have enough. You know, you know how dependable you really are? You can't depend upon yourself. There's going to come a time in your life where you're going to fall short, and you're not going to have the ability to fix it. Preacher, how do, I, how, how do I remain thankful in my service? Well, let God be the source of your service. Number two, let God be the resource of your service. When it comes to God, whose resources are you using? His or yours? Then notice number three this morning. Let God be the goal of your service. Let God be the goal of your service. We'll look at verses 14 through 8. Let me ask you, why did Joshua have this meeting with the children of Israel? What was his goal? What was his desire? Maybe, maybe he was trying to inspire the nation so they would always remember. Don't you remember right before Joshua passed away? Man, he stood up and he gave that wonderful speech and boy, it was a wonderful time. You know what? We're going to make a memorial for Joshua. We're going to put a plaque for Joshua right there where he was standing and we'll always remember what he said. 
You know, Joshua's always building memorials. You can go read the book of Joshua. He was always building memorials. Maybe, maybe he wanted one for his own. Maybe, maybe I can do something so inspiring and so, so wonderful that when I get done, they'll place a stone in my name right there. And every time they'll pass it, they'll say, that's where Joshua gave that motivating speech. Or maybe Joshua said, you know what, I'm going to look back into the future and I'm going to see the year 2023 and there's going to be a little store called Hobby Lobby. And they're going to sell coffee cups and signs and paintings. And they're going to, I'm going to say something that's going to be so inspiring, they're going to keep putting on coffee cups until Jesus comes back. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. How many of y'all got that somewhere in your house? <laughs> amen. Not a bad thing, amen, but y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. Amen. Between <laughs> Song of Solomon and uh, Joshua chapter 24, Hobby Lobby's made a lot of money, amen. <laughs> My beloved is mine. <laughs> Notice that Joshua wasn't trying to make money at Hobby Lobby. No, he wanted, to make a, he wanted them to make a choice. He wanted them to come to a decision. He wanted them to choose a goal. What was the goal, preacher? Would they serve God or would they serve God's? Would they serve God or would they serve God's? Now, we know in Joshua's day when he was talking about those gods, he was talking about actual images, actual figures that had been crafted by men, had stories behind them, had myths and legends behind them that the people of Israel had begun to serve as they were walking through the wilderness and whatnot. And Joshua said, listen, you're going to have to come to a choice. Either the goal of your service is going to be to serve God or to serve God's. And this morning, we may not have little images that we carry around with us. We may not have little, little, little figures that we bow down and pray to, but can I say, if we're not careful, we can go from serving God to serving God's. God's like wealth, recognition, fame, power, prestige, praise. If we're not careful, we'll make the choice to serve God's and not God. And can I say, when we choose to serve God's, and that becomes our goal, when we finally get what we thought we wanted, it isn't going to be what we want. It isn't going to be what we desire. Let me ask you this one. Is, what is your goal? Is it God? Is it him or is it something else? They go through all this. Verse number 15 Joshua, hey, it's time to make a choice. And can I say a real preacher will always bring you to a choice. It'll always bring you to a decision. He's preached to the people. And now he said, hey, it's time to choose. You're going to choose God or you're going to choose those other gods on the other side of the flood and the Amorites in whose land you dwell. Look at verse number 16. The people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. God's. Can I say this point? If you're going to be a thankful servant of God, your life verse at some point, and not just at some point, but the, the every day of your Christian life is going to be found in verse number 16. God forbid I'd serve anybody else. God forbid I'd do anything else. God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. Now here's the thing. Notice they have the desire in verse number 16. God forbid we'd serve other gods. Verse number 17, they give a reason. For the Lord our God, he is that brought us up and our fathers out of the land of Egypt, from whom the, the house of the bondage, in which did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way wherein we went, and among all the people through whom we 
passed. And the Lord drave out from before us all the people, even the Amorites which dwell in the land. Therefore, we will also serve the Lord, for he is our God. They, they gave their, their desire. We, God forbid we'd serve anybody else. They gave a reason. He's, he's the one that brought us here. And then they gave their goal, for he is God. He is God. Not in case we get a bigger promised land. Not in case we get more money. Not in the fact that we get more power. They said, here's our goal. We're going to serve God because he's God. That was their goal. Notice what they chose. Here's the thing. This is the Old Testament, the book of uh, Philippians. Paul makes the same choice. He makes the same goal that they did. In Philippians chapter 3, verse number 8, Paul said, Yea, doubtless, and I count things all, or I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and I count them but dung, that I may win Christ. And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness with is, is of God by faith. Paul said, Here's my goal. Paul said, my goal isn't writing the majority of the New Testament. My goal isn't my missions trips and starting churches throughout Asia and Asia Minor and the Middle East. He said, that's not my goal. My goal isn't having a young Timothy and Titus as my, 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 my mentees and me pouring my life into them. My goal isn't be able to just going and necessarily preaching the gospel. Paul said, my goal is Christ. My goal is Christ. Let me ask you, who are you going to choose this morning? What is your goal for your service? Is God going to be your goal, or is it going to be something else? Preacher, how do I remain thankful in my service? Let God be the source of your service. Let God be the resource of your service. Then number three this morning, let God be the 